Alrighty, Shalom Avracha, thank you so, so much for joining the Siyat Rishmaya, our series on Sicha Saran, Rabbi Nachman's collection of wisdom and guidance and teachings for all the generations until the coming of Mashiach, speaking directly to us, guiding us, giving us the strength that we need, giving us the encouragement that we need. And Hashem should bless us that we should be able, the Siyat Rishmaya, to hold on to this, this advice and allow it to, uh, to have its natural impact, the Siyat in our lives when we need it most. And so, with Hashem's help, let's jump in. We are holding in Sicha Saran Mem, um, Mem Ches. Just give me one second. Okay, Sicha Saran Mem Ches. If you remember last time, we had learned the teaching inside, and we had begun a pretty lengthy piece in Lakute Alachas from Reb and so we're going to jump right back into uh, into that teaching because we did not get to finish the whole thing, and we're going to see the next piece in Sichas Ran, which is Mem Tes. Okay, so just a quick refresher on a Torah about refreshing, right? Refreshing ourselves, renewing ourselves. We learned about Harabi Nachman used to start again and again and again, many many times. Many times a day, all the time, Rabbi Nachman was busy starting fresh in his avoda. He would have a desire to do something, to attain, to achieve a certain level, to reach a certain place, and he would fall from that because he was a human being like all of us on his level. But as he was trying to climb, certainly in the early years, Rabbi Nachman would need constant, constant encouragement along this journey and Rabbi Nachman said that, this is the second paragraph, This is a tremendously important rule. In the service of God, Let a person not become completely discouraged, whether it's a lack in our striving in the sense of asetov, different mitzvahs that we're trying to do, different levels we're trying to reach, or even the makam shenafal is the surmeira aspect of a person feels as if they've crumbled and they've fallen back into cycles of behavior that are, that are negative and that are pulling one away from Kedusha and away from Hashem. Try to find some encouragement. Give yourself strength. And start fresh. If you're still alive, HaKadosh Baruch Hu still believes in you. Hashem is still pumping you with life force, with energy. Like we always say for them, This is proof that you're still davuk. This is proof that you're still connected to something beyond, to something filling you with life, filling you with strength. Is that you're alive. If you're alive, that means that a conscious being is investing you with life for a reason. And he goes on and he talks about how if a person doesn't have this encouragement, even in a time of aliyah, even in a time of, of, of ascent, that a person is not so committed in that time of ascent that even if there's a subsequent descent, the person's going to be able to hold tight. He says even the ascent is not so strong. Even it shows and it demonstrates that even the ascent is a little bit weak, is on a weak foundation. And a person needs to be very, very strong, very strong to hold on to this and to start fresh. Forget about Olam Haba, even if a person like we learned thinks that he might lose his Olam Haba or he might have lost his Olam Haba. It's not about that at all. We're called upon to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu as best as we can and, uh, and, we, and we should intend to, to do that. With, with all the strength that we can muster. So we had begun this teaching from Lakuti Alachas. Rav Nassan is speaking about the importance of renewal. And he speaks specifically about the concept of old age. And he says, Harabi Nachman taught, and we're going to learn this, Be'ezer Hashem, Nun Aleph, coming up, 51, we're at 49 now, in Sichas Ran, so another three, four pieces. We're going to learn that Rabbi Nachman was not a fan of, of old age, even though he was certainly a fan of elderly Jews, and he, he actually attracted many elderly Jews who were his senior by, in some cases, 40, 50 years, 80-year-olds, old Rabbanim would come and sit by this 30-year-old, would come and sit by this young man. Rabbi Nachman himself never made it to old, to old age, at least not in the classical sense of 
lifespan. Rabbi Nachman was nifter at 30, 39 years old. Some say 38, 39 years old. And that's not what he meant. Rabbi Nachman meant the spirit of infirmity that often accompanies old age, the weakness, the lack of vitality, the lack of vibrancy, the feeling that there's nothing compelling us in life to give us strength, to give us, to give, to give us energy in a way of holiness, that we believe that we can further work on ourselves and attempt to rectify our own neshamos, to rectify our own goof, to rectify our own bodies, and then the world at large of which we are only a reflection. The hope, the idealism, the belief that we can still do something in this world. And that's the opposite of the old age that Rabbi Nachman spoke about. And he said, and we'll start from here, the Rav Nassim says, machmas hazikna All of this that people, even if they're serving Hashem, but he describes that it's rote, that it's not with a feeling of commitment and of strength and of energy. He says all of this is because of a certain kind of old age that has jumped upon them. Even young people, teens, that they begin to see themselves as a kingdom in what sense that they feel even though it's only been a number of years and they haven't yet even begun to really develop a personality, they feel that this is me. Just like you'd have a 90-year-old person saying, listen, I can't change my ways. It's too late. This is just who I am, right? Take it or leave it. Sometimes you have young people who feel this way. And it's because the spirit of old age that David Melech cries out to Hashem, Al do not cast me into this spirit of old age. Sometimes even young people can be affected by such a thing where they start to think that they can't improve. And they start to think that they can't grow, that there's nothing beyond what they perceive Yiddishkeit to represent, what Shabbos is, what a piece of Gemara is, what a tefillah is, what lighting Shabbos neiris are or is. This is this is a spirit of old age. Rabbi Nachman says this is very very damaging. Like Rabbi Nachman warned us, ma'oid ma'oid again and again. And Rabbi Nachman said it. It makes no difference whether you're a very righteous person. You can be a, a, a big tzaddik or a big tzaddikus. A zakin one shouldn't be. Because even if a person's serving Hashem, the essence of serving Hashem, and this is what the whole book is about, the story of our lives, is the spirit of youth with innocence and wonder and, and excitement and idealism and depth and stillness and silence. That's at the core of it. So even if you have all the trappings, and I bless us that we should, of a righteous person, of a tzaddik, of a chassid, if along with that were zakanim, because even what we're doing, and we're, we're serving God on very high levels and we're doing everything right, but it's without that spirit of youth, it's without the princess, and it's only the six sons, the six days of the week. It's all about the sheishis and mehamaisa, where we're doing everything right, but we're lacking the spirit of Shabbos. We're lacking the spirit of majesty, the spirit of Hashem's presence, the spirit of depth, of inwardness, of contemplation, of faith. Then it's called a chassid zakin or a tzaddik zakin, and that's very, very, very damaging. He says, We're not even speaking here about a person who's wandered far from the path. And unfortunately, the person slipped into very negative behaviors. Each and every person, what we know what we're going through. And it appears that. We've already sunk into this old age experience of negative behaviors. Certainly to such a person, we don't even need to say, such a person for sure it damages because there's never going to be hope to fix if we feel like we're 90 years old and we can't get out of bed, we can't move. Only if we have the spirit of youth, the spirit of renewal, even if we are 90 years old, and bless us to be 90 years old, and bless us to make it till 119 and 99, you know, and, and 364 days, we should still be learning together, all of us. But that the spirit of youth should be compelling us to grow, such a person it's going to damage. Such a person 
can, can go to waste. And such a person can completely and entirely lose everything. If he doesn't somehow manage to tap into a spirit of his conscious, of renewal, of hope, that we daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Master of the World, return us to you. And what's the premise of that? What's the premise of Hashem drawing us to Him and of us returning to Hashem v'nashuva? Is chadesh yamenu kekeda. It's only if we still believe. The koyde Hashem, yachlifu koyach, Rebbe Nachman says, it's those who have hope who have hope. Meaning to say, it's those who are still hoping that have hope. Because the minute that we lose hope, guess what happens? There's no hope. Because of course, objectively, there's always hope. But if subjectively we're going to give up on ourselves, then guess what's going to happen? It's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy and we'll be unable to move in the right direction because we believe that that direction is closed to us. So then it will be closed to us. But all the while that we have this hope, the Hashem, and we're hoping to God, then then we get strength to do it, to do what we hope to achieve our ideal vision in our lives and trying to fix the world around us, which of course is our responsibility, like we always learn. And therefore, this spirit of renewal is the premise of tshuva, which is hashivenu, Hashem elecha, only in as much as we believe that we can renew, that we can start fresh, we can start again. So we don't even need to speak about people like that. But even good people, even people that are already connected completely to the stream of holiness, even very righteous people and pious people, if even in their good deeds, forget about fixing because they don't necessarily need to fix, but even if in their Shabbos observance, they've grown old in it, which means that every Shabbos is exactly the same. It's wonderful to develop routines in our Yiddishkeit. It's wonderful. It's, it's good for Chinuch. It's good to have certain things, fixtures of our Shabbosim, mirrors that we sing, foods that we eat, and so on and so forth. But it's very important to try to all the time be Mechadesh in our Yiddishkeit as well. How could this Shabbos be a different Shabbos than all the other Shabbosim? How can this tefillah be different? How can this seder be different? How can I add on? How can this week be different? We approach a new week. How can I do something different? Add on. Try to improve a little bit more. Building on what I didn't you know, do perfectly last time, even if it wasn't correcting major errors. But to, to further, further grow. How can I increase my growth? And not settle into this mistaken and fatal perception that I've already arrived. You know, we have a son, Shmuel Shmelka, right? Shmuel Shmelka is our three-year-old in a little bit. And Shmuel Shmelka is named after a very, very great tzaddik. His name was Rav Shmelka Seilisher. Rav Shmuel Shmelka of Seilish. Rav Shmelka of Seilisher was my great, 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 great grandfather. Five greats. Great, 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 great grandfather. Five greats up. He was a Talmud of the Chassam Seifer, a Talmud Chavar. Of the Ksav Seifer, he was the he was the he was the of a, of, a, of a set of his firm called Sror Hachaim. He was a tremendous, tremendous person. I wrote up something um, around the time of Shmuel's Bris just to explain who we were naming after, and, and I and I wrote up just a little short, um, you know, portrait of, of of who this person is. Unbelievable tzaddik, and he had a very very great yeshiva. His name was Shmuel Shmelka Klein. That was his last name was Klein, and Rosh Shmelka Seilisher had a yeshiva of hundreds and hundreds of students in, in Hungary, in Chust, in the town of Chust, in the town of Salish, but in Chust, in the Balkany region, Balkan. And in the biography that we have, that my father had translated for my older, uh, older brother Yitzchak's bar mitzvah, it says over there, amazing thing, that my great-great-great-grandfather, my grandfather of Shmalka Salisher, was a Balmanagin. He was a very musical individual. And Thursday night, he would gather together all the Bachram and the Yeshiva, and they would have a Chumashir. Chumashir, after a whole week of Ion, breaking their heads over Shas and Poiskim, Be'ion, Rishonim Achreinim, they would get together and learn the Parsha, Chumash Rashi, just very simply. And then after the Chumashir, late Thursday night, Maizeda would teach a new Nigan every single week, a new Nigan to the boys 
to be used for the l'chadoidi of that coming Shabbos. In the Kabbalah Shabbos, prayer to use this song for the l'chadoidi of the, of the ensuing and the subsequent Shabbos. And when his Talmidim asked him, when he instituted this practice, why do we need a new song every single week? And Isaiah answered, he said, because this coming Shabbos is a brand new Shabbos that never existed before since the very first Shabbos of the six days of creation. And a new Shabbos needs a new nigan. A new Shabbos needs a new nigan. This is a person who understood the secret of renewal, understood the secret of youth, understood the secret of being a tzaddik and a chassid, but not losing this ever-present bubbling spring of mayim chayim, Mayim Chaim. Why do we refer to Mayim Chaim, which is a stream? Why do we refer to it as living waters? And the answer, of course, is, is because they're constantly flowing. It's not like a pit, which is filled with water, a be'er, where you draw water out from. That's not Mayim Chaim. Mayim Chaim, Al-Keli, Mayim Chaim needs to come from a stream. Why? Because a stream is moving. And about something that's moving, we can accurately use the word Chaim. Because that's what life is. And the minute that we stop, in whatever matzav we are, bein b'yirida, bein b'aliyah, whether we're achieving very high levels and we have to keep on marching forward and make a new nigan for the next l'chadoidi and continue to enhance and continue to grow and to continue to improve, not one day should go by without thinking, how can I do better, how can I do better? Or at a time of yirida, at a time of... of of a challenge, that a person finds this spirit of renewal to say, I can continue, I can move forward, I can, I can try to improve in every single area of our lives, to try to assess and say, okay, how can I grow? So long as we have this, we're alive. We have Chaim. So long as we have this, we're, we're Mayim Chaim, we're moving, we're bubbling, we're fresh. And so he says, even the Tzadikim, if a person is an old tzaddik and an old zakin and an old chassid, that's not good. Because the yitzhar, and this is where we ended off last time, here we'll continue. The yitzhar is referred to as the foolish king who is zakin, who is old. That's what the yitzhar wants to do to us. And it's the yitzhar again of two faces. The most common face, or the more common face, the way that we think about the Yitzhahara is on the aspect of Sur Ra, where the Yitzhahara tries to drag us down into sin and then convince us that we'll never be able to change and so it's hopeless and give up. But we need to be aware of the other face of the Yitzhahara, which is on the side of Asay Tov, which manifests as this spirit of oldness. The spirit of saying, okay, what I'm doing, I'm already doing, and I don't need to further examine, okay, yes, beautiful. Let's say a person is working on getting up for davening. Let's say for a lot of teenagers, very hard. And a person has a streak, and a person says, okay, the whole week I'm going to get up for shachris. And then it works, and then it goes the second week and the third week. Let's not become satisfied with that to say, that was all there was for me to do on the davening front. No. What about, what about understanding the words of davening? What appears Amilas? Beyond that, what about understanding some of the Kabbalistic secrets? What about understanding some of the, some of the deeper structures of tefillah? And so on and so forth. This is all very, very important. To understand that the Yitzhahara, in all of its facets, is called Melech Zakin Uksil. It's the spirit of Zikna. And here we pick up where we left off. Ki ikra The primary essence of Avodah Hashem is renewal. And here he quotes the Pasuk that we already mentioned. Bechinas, an aspect of the Pasuk, V'koyve Hashem, Yachalifu Koyach. Those who hope, Ta'akarosh Baruch those who hope, those who still have dreams and visions for what their lives can be and for what the world can become in so much as we're doing what we need to do, which is of course where everything begins and then we affect the world on a literal level, on a subliminal spiritual level. We can change the whole world. But it starts with us. We're given wings like an eagle to fly. But it's not that we need to wait until we can see our wings on either side and flap them, test them out, make sure that we can lift ourselves off the ground and then we hope based on what we have. No, no, no. We need to flip the story around. The only way you get those wings is first, is first by having hope. 
then yachlifu koyach yalu ever kansharim. Then you'll find wings that you didn't even think existed. We say three times, three times we need to remind ourselves of this in Kriya Shema, of the morning and of evening, and before we go to bed, that a Kodesh Baruch Hu says, guard these things that I am commanding you today. And Chazal say, what does this mean today? These mitzvahs were given thousands of years ago. Let them be fresh in your eyes each and every morning. All of the things that are said in Kriyashma, it should be brand new. And Muna. And to understand deeper what the Yehudi Ilah is, Yehuda Tata, what, what the first Pasuk of Kriyashma is, Shema Yisrael, and then Baruch Shein. Those are two completely different Kavanas, not the same Kavana. Even the Perish Amilis, it's completely different. We have to learn about what that is. What, what, what is the Kavana of Shema Yisrael? What zone are we entering? What mindset are we supposed to have? And then how do we shift into Baruch Shein? That that should be fresh. That that should be new. Bechol yoyim mamish. Ki mishem achazik atzmi lahaschil. Bekama pa'am bichadash. Bevadai lo yipol lo oilam afilu am yavar lov ma. He says if a person gets himself used to this kind of behavior, where no matter what's going on in life, both letav lemutav, whether things are going well or things are going not so good, but a person is a is a person who's defined by renewal. That every single day is fresh, and that no matter what's going on, not just when things are bad, and we've sunk in and we've had a yurida, and then afterwards we come back. That, that's not a kunst. That's not. That's not. You know. That, that's not what we're speaking about over here. But a person who's alive in the sense of mayim chayim, a person who's flowing merrily along. A person of the Radichava describes, and we've said this before in the past, on the Mishnah that says, which literally means whoever learns halacha, new halachas, every day, such a person as a ben olam haba, to learn what the different laws and different areas of our lives that we should be striving to embody, all the different halachas. If we're learning more halacha every day to know what to do so that we can do it, such a person is a ben olam haba. Such a person is connected to that realm, is connected to that world of spiritual spiritual pleasure and growth and a connection to Hashem. But the Radichavar says something else. The Radichavar says, don't read the word, is whoever learns halacha. Rather, the word shona can mean to learn. It could also mean milashen shinui, which means to change. So the Radichavar says, kol hashoyne halachis, meaning, kol hameshane halichoisav. The word halachis can mean laws, and it could also mean footsteps. It could also mean walking. Whoever changes their mode of walking every day, meaning to say, every day we're walking higher, or we're walking a little bit more quickly, or we're walking on a, on a, on a more elevated route. Such a person is connected to the spirit of Alam Haba. I'm Zohar now to be working on a Sefer on Torah Vav, Lukutimran Torah Vav. And Rabbi Nachman over there speaks about the spirit of Alam Haba as one which is associated with the concept, without getting to the depth of it now, of Tshuva al Tshuva. Which means to say that a person goes ahead and does Tshuva. And then, after a person does complete tshuva to the extent that a person literally becomes opened up to brand new spiritual vistas, Rabbi Nachman says the next level is not simply to enjoy that and just kick your feet up and say, I'm good and I'm here and I've, I've, I've changed. But rather, the new perception needs to grant us an awareness that the tshuva that we did itself needs to be repented for. Crazy high level crazy high level. Not just that we need to once more do tshuva for the sins that we did tshuva on. No, the tshuva itself needs to be repented for. And it goes on and on and on, higher and higher and higher as we understand more deeply what the sin is 
and what insincere tshuva is or incomplete tshuva is vis-a-vis what we now understand our tshuva should have represented, right? And we go deeper, 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 deeper. Rabbi Nachman says this is the spirit of Olam Haba. It's the same idea. We don't refer to it as, as you know, an Olam that's static that we are steadily walking toward or that, or that we will one day attain. Olam Haba connotes constant movement on the part of this olam. It is the olam haba. It is the olam that is consistently approaching. It is a world that is approaching the one who approaches it. And therefore, such a person is a ben olam haba. Such a person is tapping into the spirit of this world that's a world of motion, a world of moving. Chazal tell us, referring to olam haba, referring to the tzaddikim and the way in which they're going to exist in olam haba. Chazal say, The tzaddikim have no rest, not in a bad way. In the sweetest way, in terms of their avoda, in terms of their tikkunim, in terms of their growth and their dveikus, and the, and, and the deeper levels of how pure they're going to be able to get, not in this world and not in the next world, because the next world is a realm, again, it's a realm of chayim. It's the true chayim. It's referred to as the olam hachayim, right? It's the world of those who are really living. In this world, it's just a dimyan. In this world, it's just a dimyan. Life, it's, it's, it's a dimyan. We're only living in as much as we're tapping into Olam Abba in this world. Perhaps this is why Chazal tell us, Rishaim afilu that the wicked, even while they're alive, they're called dead. Why? Because what's life? Like we talked about, Mayim Chayim. Life flows. Life moves. Life moves. What's the definition of a Russia? There are many definitions on a simple level, wicked. That's how we translated a rush as a wicked person. But the Gemara Baba Metzia makes reference to a kind of plant called Rishay Zaysim, which literally means wicked olives. And what does that mean, wicked olive? What's wicked about these olives? Why are they called Rishay Zaysim? And Rashi tells us they are called Rishay Zaysim, wicked olives, because these are olives that will never ripen to maturity. We call them rish ezesim. These are olives that never make it to their ultimate potential. And this is the essence of, of, of quote-unquote wickedness, right? Or quote-unquote a person that's not able to connect to holiness. Why? Because Kriya Mason. Because they never develop. Because they've lost hope. Because they don't see their lives as founded upon Koive Hashem. The hope that's unique to an ever-present and ever-conscious relationship with the master of the world. In the Mela, they're called Rishay Zesim. There are not many places where Chazal refer to a Rasha She'ein Lamala Mimenu. This is a terminology of Chazal. It's, not, it's a little bit scary to talk about. A Rasha She'ein Lamala Mimenu. The, the, the most wicked kind of person. One of the few examples is Rahman al-Atzlan. Again, we have to, this is also a delicate, delicate, delicate concept. And we have to understand you know, all, all, all the parameters of this concept. But there is a concept in halacha of hama'abed atzmoladas, of a person who willingly kills themselves, willingly, willingly commits suicide. And there are halachas about such a person. And we're not talking about a person whose mental illness compelled them, and we're not talking about that at all. And most places can hold that we sit shiva for such a person. We're not, not, we're not talking about such a thing. But the classical understanding of a person who simply, without being compelled on any mental or emotional level, kills themselves for one reason or another, Rahman al-Islam, Chazal referred to such a person as a Rosh Hashayin Lamalami Menu. Why? Well, now, based on this working definition of what Rishayim are, that have no shaykhs to Chayim, that have no connection to life, that have no connection to Mayim Chayim, no connection to Olam Haba, that they're dead in this world because they're not flowing along, we can understand that suicide would represent the ultimate extent of hopelessness. The ultimate extent of Russia, not wicked necessarily, but Russia in the sense of Rish Ezesim, of giving up, of not developing, 
What a nebuch. What a nebuch that this person couldn't find, Yalu Aver Kansharim, couldn't find wings in his or her life to develop and to grow and to change and to fix. And therefore gave up hope when they were never taught the lesson that it actually works the other way around. You start with hope. Hope has to be the starting point. Hope has to be that which we are more certain of than anything else in life. That it's the most real reality. That we can rely on the tzaddik. And we can rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mercy. That ain't shum yish ba'ilam klal. That has to be halacha number one. Which of course it is halacha number one. Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samit. What do you think that means? If God has neged me every moment and He's as close as me turning my face to Him and He's there with everything that I'll ever need and He knows what I need and He knows what I need to accomplish and He's giving me the tools to do so, then I'm filled with hope. And if we're filled with hope, then we discover the wings of eagles to fly higher and higher and higher, deeper and deeper into this experience of Olam Haba that we're speaking about. This experience of Chayim. This experience of Tzadikim. Afilu bimisasam kriim Chayim. That the Tzadikim, even upon leaving this world, they are called Chayim in the sense that they're B'nai Olam Haba because they're Meshana Halichos of Bechol Yayim. They're consistently changing their footsteps and the ways in which they're existing. Not just recovering from those, from those behaviors that are overtly negative, but they're making up a new song every Thursday night to sing for L'Chadodi of the coming Shabbos because they see every Shabbos through the lens of renewal. That's what we're speaking about. Continues, a person has to cast away from his or her mind what happened yesterday. What happened, the, the, the spelling from the site that I got it from is not, is not what's it called, the edit, it needs editing, so there should be a, a hey at the end of Bisha. You're going to see a lot of mistakes here, but we'll try to get through it. Or even an hour ago, Every hour, and certainly every day, in the morning when we wake up, I was born today. Doesn't mean that all the mistakes of yesterday are gone and no longer need rectification. That's a separate sugya to understand when have we done tshuva enough, right? And Reb Tzaddik speaks about that, and the Baltani speaks about that, and there's a, there's a lot to talk about there. Doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want, and then the next hour, oh, I'm fresh, I'm reborn. You know, I could, I could forget about that and not need to work on that. That's not what we're saying at all. But there exists an aspect which itself provides the premise for fixing what I did an hour ago or yesterday or a year ago and so on and so forth of freshness of hope, of renewal, of encouragement. V'chinas a pasuk in Tehillim, right in the beginning, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is paraphrased as saying to David HaMelech, Ani hayoyim yilidetiha. I gave birth to you today. Ani hayoyim yilidetiha. Now that wasn't true. Because he was speaking to David HaMelech as an adult. Or David HaMelech was perceiving that image. But David HaMelech perhaps said this every day. That he heard HaKadosh Baruch Hu telling him, Ani hayoyim yilidetiha. Ani hayoyim yilidetiha. You're fresh. You're new. Uksiv, and it's also written, hayoyim im tishma'u. Hayoyim. What Mashiach told... The Tanoim, Amiroim, it's recorded in a number of places. When they asked, when are you coming? And Eliyahu, Mashiach answers, Hayoyim, coming today. In Bekoile Tishmo, if you'll just listen to Hashem's voice. In Bekoile Tishmo, to listen to the voice of the Torah. But deeper, says Rabbi Nachman, he has a whole lesson on this. Hayoyim, the deepest secret of Yiddishkeit is today. All I have is today. Today, to start fresh today. As if today was the only day that I have and that yesterday didn't happen and that tomorrow doesn't exist. That's redemptive. 
Every single day, every hour, every moment. I'm born today. We skipped a line. Who noilad, right? Every day he's born again. Ubala oilam. And he just came into the world fresh, clean, pure. Beroitzalahaschil. Lahakiris Misha Amavaya Oilam. And he begins now, right? Somebody has a song like that. I want to we want to be Balichuva or something like that. Right? Every day we want to be, meaning to say, as if right now I'm starting. Lahaschil to 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 be Makiris Misha Amravahoya Oilam. Clean slate, fresh. New leaf. Even though this has already been the case thousands, tens of thousands of times. And he wanted to start fresh. And to start genuinely coming close to Hashem. And it didn't work out. And even if every single time when we resolve to start fresh, doesn't work out, five minutes, ten minutes, an hour later, a week later, we fall. Do not become discouraged from this. And of course, this is not a license to do what we want and then simply, because then we're not, fool, we're, we're not here to fool God. We're not here to fool ourselves. We genuinely want to grow. And we have to use all the tools at our disposal and all the advice of the tzaddik, of the tzaddikim to do so. And we are. And we're trying. And we genuinely want to proceed. But when things don't work out, and oftentimes they don't, at least not in the way that we wanted them to work out. And I always say, when things are not going our way, they're going His way, with a capital H, right? Our bidiyebet is Hashem's l'chatchila, that's what Hashem wanted. We have the capacity not to allow that to make any difference with regard to moment number two. What happens next? Don't allow the future to be chained to the past. Allow the future to be tethered, uh, allow the past rather, to be tethered to the future so that our ever hopeful future can elevate and pull the past along instead of the future being sabotaged by the past. Forget about that, forget about that. That's not relevant to this moment. This hour, this moment, Never existed before, ever. Since the beginning of creation, we're always looking for new things. For new things. There's nothing new under the sun. Every moment is new. Who knows? What our avoda in this brand new moment that never before existed and never will exist again. Or our avoda on this particular day, irrespective of yesterday, irrespective of tomorrow. What that can accomplish, what do we know about how a Kaddish Baruch is opening gates for us? Opening gates all the time. To us, we're living our lives and we think it's the same, you know, humdrum, regular, mundane existence. But in the spiritual realm, the Ariya Kadesh and all the Mekubalim explain that every moment is a, is a new tzirif of Oisiyas. It's a brand new spiritual reality. Things are being changed. Things are being opened up. Gates are open. Gates are closed. Different things are developing. In that world of spirituality, which is the world of true life, nothing's static. Everything's moving all the time, moving. And so can you imagine how sad it would be if for the first 30 years, let's say the first 30 years of our lives, we went through this whole experience of trying and trying and, 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 and trying again at the beginning of a month, the beginning of a week, sometimes at the, the beginning of a day or even multiple times a day and it's not working out for us. And somewhere in, 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 in the year, you know, of, of, of our, in the decade of our 30s, somewhere we just, we just give up, we just stop because we say like this is completely futile. But little did we know that the very next day, there were going to be spiritual gates opened for us in a phenomenal, phenomenal way that never opened before for us in this way. And we give up. And we give up. Not only did we allow the 
negative experiences of the past to ruin the future, which they have no business doing. It's not logical. They, they should have nothing to say about my avota today, even if it's not going to last. What happened in the past should, should have nothing to say about today. But beyond that, it's able to prevent us from really finally breaking through, mamish breakthrough. And so Rebbe says, today is brand new. Who knows? We'll never know what we could achieve if we would just hang around a little bit longer. See, Adua, without going through the whole mushal now, we've said it in the past, maybe even in this series. Rebbe Nachman's mushal about Marar. The Chabra remembers Rebbe Nachman's mushal about Marar. Very, very briefly, right? There are two friends and they hang out. One is a Jew, one is a non-Jew, and they're paupers and they're all, all the time hanging around the garbage dumps and eating from the scraps. And essentially, without getting to the whole long drama of it, they, they come together to a Seder. And the Jew who understands the process, he tells the non-Jew, don't eat for like three days. Not that they were eating much anyway, but save up because this is the feast of a lifetime. Feast of a lifetime. And it goes through the whole thing about how he's sitting and Kadesh and then Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz. And he's waiting around. When's the food? They're giving little vegetables. Everybody's eating a cracker. What's going to happen? And then finally, you know, they bring out this, this white crumbly substance in a, a Ziploc bag, you know, and they spread it on top of the matzah and he thinks this must be some Jewish delicacy or something, right? So some, some kind of delicious food. And of course, he bites into it with gusto. And, uh, and of course, it's maror and he, and he runs out and he's crying and he's angry and he's cursing everybody and he's miserable. And at four o'clock in the morning, you know, the Jew comes back maybe with his, his belt undone, you know, like after the Thanksgiving dinner, you know, he comes, he comes back and, and he sees this person laying here and he wakes up and he starts yelling at him. You fooled me. You tricked me. You, you crazy Jew. You know, you brought me to this place. And he says, you're so silly. He said, if you would have just waited five minutes, you would have had Shulchan Ayrich. You would have been able to have the whole meal. But because of a little bit marar, you gave up. And you couldn't wait. And you couldn't hang around. Even if it wasn't a good matziv. But hang in there. Hang in the game. Don't give up. Never, ever give up. Ever. And so how many times do we do that in our lives? We go through a little bit of marar. And we stop. Rav says, but you didn't understand that the very next moment was Shulchan Aruch, Was the biggest feast of your life. A brand new moment with brand new potential, brand new opportunity. What we can manage to achieve that day, in that hour. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is renewing creation every split second. Even though, like the Redditor says in Kedushas Lachanakam, I'm sorry, in Kedushas Lepurim, Hashem does us the incredible, incredible merit of remaining us and remaining with our Mitzias because life would be pretty unpleasant if every two minutes we were changing it to somebody else. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the blessing, but it's a blessing to be recreated every split second with our consciousness and with our memories and with the people that we love around us and our communities and our families and life and, and our ambitions and talents and so on and so forth, that which we become accustomed to, it doesn't mean that that's actual Metzius. Think of it this way. Everybody knows, you know, the light bulbs, it looks like it just provides light, but if you try to video it and slow it down, like incredibly, incredibly slow, you'll see that it's not consistent light, it's flickering. Just a flicker so incredibly quickly that our eyes can't grasp it and we perceive it to be regular light. And it's the same exact thing with creation around us. Creation is not concrete. It's not. We can't stick our hand through a table. Well, some people can. But we can't, we can't you know, manage to slip through the cracks because it's super, 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 super tight and pushed together. But the world is flickering. Every second the world is ceasing to be and God renews it every split second. Certainly each day is dissimilar from in the next. Every hour is different. Like the Ariya Kodesh says, Like the Ariya 
how many differences there are between every single hour, certainly every day, certainly every week, certainly every month. It's not the same. A person who understands a little bit in the constellations, right, and the spiritual import of the planets and how they align and how the galaxies are and different planets moving around. Every split second, things are changing, things are shifting. And with that, all of the realities that we experience, that we feel confined to sometimes, are shifting. And locks are being, are being unlocked all the time, all the time. And this should show us and teach us even higher in the spiritual realms beyond even the semi-spiritual planets and constellations beyond that. That are infinite, the worlds of the spheres and the and, and, and angels and different forces higher and higher and higher up until the letters of Hashem's name and beyond that to the Ein Sof who's bursting with infinite creativity if we can even say such a thing about the Ein Sof if our minds will expand and open for a minute to understand how new everything is. People sink into a reality. They don't understand that every split second wondrous things are happening. And I like to think of it this way. Choose any moment of day or night. There is a sunrise somewhere. Somewhere there's a sunrise at any split moment in our lives, no matter how dark things are. I mean physically. How drab, uninspiring, concrete, corporate. How locked we feel in the cold, drab reality of our uninspiring surroundings. Close your eyes and realize that over some horizon, a sun is rising right now. A brand new sunrise that looks nothing like the sunrise before it and the sunrise after it new children are being born into the world people are getting married things are being built projects are being worked on torah is being learned and originated every day is fresh fresh even if to us it appears just like a regular tuesday no amazing things are happening in the world the world is filled with renewal the world is certainly also filled with a great deal of things destroying, being destroyed, falling apart. Nebuch, loss of life. That, that's also happening. We're not denying any of that. But we do believe that we do believe that a Kaddish Baruch was guiding that process. And in that sense, every end is a new beginning or at least lays the foundation for something fresh and something new. But the world is different, fundamentally different. Forget about every day, every hour. We're going to open our eyes to this. Even though, despite the fact, despite that we can never manage to grasp all the different details of this process of renewal, Open my eyes and I will see the wonders of your Torah of Shalom and his son Shalom was the wisest of people. He said, He said, I'm going to try to become wise, but even so, you were the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate understanding. It's, it's, it's beyond. Come, Rabbi Shimon. Va'amar Sava Sava. Rabbi Shimon by Yochai stood up. It's recorded in the Zohar Kaddish, referring to the highest spiritual elements. Levushin de'ein lavish b'tzafar lavish b'ramsha. Levusha the lavish b'yoyim adal lavish b'yoyim atenyana. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Kiviyachl is wearing different garments all the time, meaning he reveals himself because a garment is how you reveal yourself. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is revealing himself all the time in different garments. The garments of the morning are not like the garments of the night, and the garments of the night are not like the garments of the morning. Ubezeh tavim eich m'shtanim ma'amaru matzev ha'olamos. Sheim 
how things are changing all the time. Things are changing. These words are, are all, all misspelled. Um, it's missing a shin. Right? That all of these changes. Why are things happening in the world? Says Rabbi Nachman and Sichasaran. Everything in the world at large, in our own personal lives. Why do things happen? Says Rabbi Nachman unequivocally. Doesn't say it here. We're going to learn it together. Rabbi Nachman says, everything that happens in the world is b'shvil habachira, is to further hint to us, to come closer to Hashem and provide us with the capacity of denying His existence. It's up to us, but things develop so that our perception of Hashem could be renewed each time based on what we're going through in our own lives. We spoke about sunrise before. Why doesn't the sun rise like a light switch is flicked on? Why isn't it dark at night and then in the morning it's light? Like that's what happens when you switch on a light. Why isn't it the same way with the sun? Okay, we understand the world is round and it's spinning, the chule. We understand all of that. But why didn't our Kurdish Baruch Hu create the Mitsias as such that it wouldn't be that way? The world would be square and when it when it turns, boom, it's just you know, exposed completely to the sun. Why not? Says the Rambam. Says the Rambam. It's recorded in Kitzur Shulchanarch as well. That if a person goes too quickly from a dark space to a very bright space, it'll be blinding for their eyes. We mentioned this in the Tashir. We were talking about Choshech, right? And how sometimes the greatest, greatest darkness could be light, right? And that's what he said, he said over there. And they couldn't handle it. They had no kalim. We spoke very deeply about that. It could be damaging for the eyes. Says the Rambam, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew that and made Teva that way. And so Memela. He didn't want that we should wake up in the morning, you know, to, to from from complete darkness to complete light because it would it would have a damaging effect on the eyes of humanity. And I was thinking maybe very deeply, it's possible to say also more metaphorically that throughout our lives the sun is rising. But the sun similarly in our lives rises slowly. In terms of the clarity that we have as we go through life different experiences, different things that we learn about. Bezer Hashem, I bless us all with, with children and grandchildren. The sun rises, things develop, but it, they similarly develop slowly because the Ramam says that if it were to develop too quickly, our eyesight would be damaged, meaning to say we wouldn't appreciate how present HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in our lives, moment to moment, child to child, and then to grandchildren. And then slowly but surely the sun rises to preserve our eyesight, to preserve that sense of wonder when we're able to see things in comparison to how things were before. And to say whatever I thought that was, gradually the light is shining more and more broadly. And so we're able to constantly find Hashem in everything. Every moment of life provides a brand new opportunity, an unmatched opportunity to grow close to Hashem in a new way. Bishvil, he says over here, for what purpose? To bring us close to Him, to hint to us that life has meaning and to hint to us that life is precious. Life is wonderful and beautiful. Which is the ultimate purpose of our existence in this world. Which is of course the four worlds of Atzilus, Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. HaKadosh Baruch Hu emanated the entire chain of creation. All the worlds from beginning, beginning, all the way to the end. It was all. So this lowly person should open his eyes one day, and should utilize circumstances of his world or the world around him to be able to recognize that there's a creator, as is known. 
Everything is for us, that things are changing, things are developing, new doors are being opened, brand new opportunities are being forged. was constantly turning things over like a ball, like a circle, constantly Everything is changing in every generation and every with every individual, every day, every hour. Nothing is set in stone. Everything is turning. We learned about the dreidel. You remember how everything turns around. Nun, gimel, heishin, all the different elements of nivdalim, galgal, shuffle, right? Kiuli, nun, gimel, heishin. Everything is spinning around. Nothing's the same. So don't allow the past to convince you of what's possible or impossible. Because this moment is new. It's unchained. It's untethered from the past. And therefore, Hakol Bishvil Ram is Lachal Adam the Adam Remazim to give us hints. Kifi Mashuhu Yiskarivilavizbarh to help the person come close to Hashem wherever we are. Kamashikas of Admarzal, constricts himself from his infinity, which we can't imagine what infinity means. Adin Tachlis. And he comes down into our own lives and he looks us face to face. And we're not able, even necessarily sometimes, able to explain to somebody else what it is that we felt. Sometimes it can be too private or too personal or the circumstance can be too unique. But in that moment, the clarity that that there's a God in the world is far, far deeper than any clarity gained from reading you know, all these uh, intellectual proofs to God's existence. Sometimes you just feel it. Sometimes you just feel it and you know. Recently in my learning, I've been Zoha to have such moments. I posted to Facebook about one of them yesterday, but really it started last week. Last week, I was, uh, I was saying to Hillim, I have a couple of Siddharam that I do in the morning, like one after another, a couple of pages in different Sfarim. So I was saying my, my daily to Hillim, and um, it was a certain capital that was like, I don't know, maybe I never like noticed it so much before, but it was so deep. And I was just sitting there really contemplating the progression of the psukim and what it might be referring to and, and, and certain ramazim that, that you could suggest in the progression of the psukim. And I really spent a lot of time just, just after I'd finished it, I was just looking at it and, 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 and you know, saying it again, reading through it and marveling at it really. And uh, a couple of minutes later, I finished my sheer in, 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 uh, in Tehillim. I finished that day's Tehillim. And I opened my Lakut Alachas, which was the next Sefer that I had sitting on the table. And at my marker, Rabbi Nassim was beginning to speak about this Mizmar. And saying a lot of the things that I was thinking that you could possibly suggest, right? So in that moment, it's clear to me, okay, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sending me a hint. I'm here. It's a big wink. And I looked up to the ceiling. I looked up to the sky and I winked back. You know, because in that moment, you feel it. You feel it. That's a remez. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us remazim. Sometimes it's a kiss, mishamayim, like that. Sometimes it's a, it's a patch on the hand, sometimes also. A little bit in a way that we uniquely know that we need it. Sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us messages. that we can choose to ignore them. That's on us. But don't say that we're not getting them. Because we get them all the time. You and I know that. We get them all the time in different ways. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mitzamsim himself. Why does he do that? Why does he do that? Why doesn't he give up on us? Because in shum yish ba'olam klal. Because that concept doesn't exist. Because the world and the developments of the world and the way that we portray the world to be growing and changing and developing and vibrant and chai and full of life. Mayim chayim, olam habadik, the spiritual element of the physical world is compelling everything to growth. It's the premise of existence. It's the ish. Without getting to the depth of this now, it's a very deep Indian. The ish of the shame mem bays. There's a certain shame mem bays. The first 42 letters in, in, in the Torah. Not those exact letters, but though, 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 that's the end of the shame membez. Membez is Rashatevis, Maisa, Bereshis. It's the shame of Gvura. As opposed to the shame Ayin Bez. Ayin Bez is Gematria Chesed. Comes from the side of Chesed, and that's learned out from the three Psukim in Az Yashir. 
of this week's parsha of Vayisa Vayava Vayet. That's a separate thing. But the name of creation is the Shem Membez, my Sibiratius, the Shem Membez. This Shem Membez is associated with Gvura. Why is it associated with Gvura? Because Gvura, the Kubalim explain, is embodied not in water, with this we're coming to an end, but in fire. What's the difference between water and fire? Water, even though it's filled with chesed, and there's a reason for it. It uniquely hints to chesed in the sense that it's flowing down to us. It's rachamim akadosh baruch hu. V'yirachamecham is goylelim al har al right al har kachach al am al amcha. Hakadosh baruch hu's mercy it it comes down right. Ketal cherman. What's the pasuk? Yared al 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 zakan aron something like that. Yared al pimidosov right. There's an inyan kashem and aroshcha right. Chesed flows down, but ultimately it goes to the lowest point and it sits in that cavity. Fire is constantly, constantly moving upward. And that's exactly the world is created with the name Membez because the premise of existence is growth, is tshuva, is being pushed upward. I have a number of shiram on this. Higher and higher and higher. That's the premise of the world. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't give up on us. And Kaddish Baruch Hu sends us Ramazim. And Kaddish Baruch Hu tells us, no matter what happened in the past, start fresh right now. New doors are opening. A new sun is rising. It's a new dawn. It's a new dawn. Nimsa. With this will end. She'ein raya klaum yoyim lechavera. You cannot bring any proof from what life has been like until this moment. Umishal lechaverta. Or from last hour to this hour it could be that even though it's been like it has been with a very lowly connotation you've been trapped right now I can stand up and I can give HaKadosh Baruch Hu Nachas, in this moment, in a unique way. It was all for us. That the world, with its energy of growth, with its energy of renewal, was created for me to tap into, and therefore, in shum where ba'olam klal, because the whole world is founded on renewal. Ba'olam, in this world, founded on Membez, founded on the name of Gvura, Ba'yemer Likim, Yehi'ar, the name of Elokim, which is a name compelling everything upward. V'yalkein sarachal adam laham, and a person needs to believe. Shevachal eis v'shav e'regal lachol yimei chayov, every split second of his life. We have the ability to start from now. Not to look at what happened yesterday or tomorrow. Whatever I'm able to do right now in this moment in my circumstance. Whether it's a learning, whatever mitzvah it is, whatever chesed I'm able to do. In whatever way, whatever, however conscious I'm able to be of Hashem, whatever this I could say to him while I'm running errands, whatever it is, regardless of what I did five minutes ago, it makes no difference. Now it's a new minute. I'll do tshuva for that. We're not saying that that doesn't need to be done, like we spoke about in the past. We'll fix that up. That still exists. But in the sense of considering the potential for this moment, that doesn't exist at all. It exists only, so, only insofar as we are supposed to try to do tshuva for that. But in as much as it's going to pull me down, it never happened. It has nothing to say about this moment. Zero. Because this moment, I'm tapping into my neshama. I'm tapping into my essence. That was my goof. Two separate things. One has no bearing on the other at all. And if you can't go ahead and you can't do something right now for whatever reason, yearn for Hashem. Which is something every person can do with this mamish will end. Or Ibn Asin says in other places in Lukut Alachas, we often say, Which we literally take to mean nothing stands in the way of will, meaning to say when there's a will, there's a way, right? If we want something badly enough, we'll make it. Says Ibn Asin, no, no, it means something else. You might be prevented from doing everything else in Kedusha, 
but there's one thing that they can never take away from you. Nothing can prevent you from wanting. Nothing. So the next moment, even though I think that everything's futile and I've already destroyed the whole world and I'm hopeless and I have nothing and I can't even bring myself to daven or to do anything, the Ratzon, the Ratzon, Rabbanu Shalom, I want to be better. I want, I want. It's the highest thing. Sometimes we think it's the lowest thing because we look at it through the six days of the week. We look at it through six suns-oriented mind. But the princess, the spirit of the princess is all about Ratzon de Kedusha. Hashem, next week, we will learn Sichas around Memtes, just a few lines. And then Sichon Nun is very long and, uh, and, and it's very nuanced. And so Be'ezer Hashem will spend next week learning through the whole Sichon Nun. And then we'll get into it, Be'ezer Hashem, in the following weeks. Or the following week, probably a little bit more the Ian but it's just going to take us time to learn through it as well. Anyway, what a privilege that we have at Sadiq like this. Mamish, it's Be'er Chaim, right? It's, it's life. It's, it's, it's the Eitz Chaim breathing life into us. We should be zocha to live lives of youth. We should be zocha to grow old, but never to become a zakin. Al tashlechein To be constantly, constantly in a spirit of freshness, renewal, the, the princess of youth, growth constantly, and to battle with this Yetzirah, the Melech Zakin Uksil, both on the level of Sur Ra, certainly, never to give up hope, start fresh, and also an Asei Toiv, to look for ways to engage in Kedusha in new ways constantly, find ways to make things fresh, make things exciting, to ever, ever walk, buy books constantly, to, if we're davening well already, go deeper, go deeper in tefillah, there's so many wonderful pirushim, on Shabbos, there's so much to learn, it's endless, so let's uh, let's continue taking this journey together with Siyat HaDashmai, thank you so much for joining, wishing everybody the most wonderful, beautiful rest of your week, Hashem. I hope to be able to learn with you Thursday as well. Thank you, everybody. And we'll be in touch. Thank you so much to all for joining. Thank you so much.